0: happening you fat bastards this is mike and this is jim and you're listening to podcast croissant every time we do that intro i try and make it slightly different i don't know if you've noticed i have i have and i think i do it the same every time
1: i i I, every week i'd like think "Hmm, how can i do
0: it different this week Mm. Mm. or every time not every week I, i i've always unconsciously had this little hmm I wonder what he's about to do. So I guess I've noticed.
2: <laughs> hey.
0: Hey. Hey. Let's uh let's let's talk about the um the, the raging Easter bunny that's in the room.
1: The the, yeah, the I wonder
0: if there'll be any Easter eggs during this um episode. Oh I tell you what, I'm 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 raging just thinking about it. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm going to San Francisco!
0: to see Mr. Bungle. <laughs> well, it's not. It's. I'm going to LA and San Francisco. Well, there's no
1: need to show off. God. <laughs>
0: except, except, well, I mean, except for I wake this morning to see that they've announced. I was really excited that after they announced second shows and I finally managed to get one, I was like, oh, good, I'm going to see the first Bungle show back. And then they yep. announced one more, yep. which is in front of that. God damn it. Do you of America, yeah <laughs> I was about to it's just God damn it, I hate america this that's the other thing man i actually I did America back in two thousand and twelve, and I don't know, just with presidential things and gun things and the silliness of that little country going on at the moment it's just uh it's not it's not really my favorite place i care like care about visiting right now I could go back one day, but I guess I'm well, going back was- next year. In February... This has been on my bucket list for many years to visit San
1: Francisco to tour the um, mm-hmm. the locations that are tied into the Faith No More's history. Um, I don't think it's there anymore, but Coast Recorders, the building, I want to go check out that, where they recorded Angel Dust. Um, I want to check out the um, Golden Gate yeah. Bridge at the bottom where they filmed uh, Last Cup of Sorrow video. Um... I'm not going to get a chance to go to Eureka Mm and check out how strange that place is. Um, But, you know, it's just such a thrill to be. I mean, it's a a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to to be able to go somewhere like that. Um, And, of course, get to um,
3: check out Trevor,
1: Trey, and Mike in their uh, Mr. Bungle Geysers with the addition of uh, Dave Lombardo and Scott Ian, which I must admit, when this was all announced, Scott Ian was the big surprise for me
0: yeah and i, I didn't appreciate the uh, the validity or the importance of who he is because I, anthrax were never really uh, on my radar me neither
1: but uh, you know i know the guy is and and it wasn't so long ago that he got together and jammed with uh, mm. that dude from slipknot cory Corey
0: glove hang on cory no, Corey glover's name the, the actor. who's cory glover
1: uh, he's an actor <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, is he this... Hang on a minute, it's Corey Glover, the guy no. out of...
0: Um, Hang on, no, Corey Glover's the guy out uh, of Living Colour, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, out of Living yeah. Colour, yeah. No, okay. he's, his son's Not actor, Corey Haim.
0: Though. Is he not? not no, Corey no, Haim. his son... Okay. Co- Corey
1: Glover's son is an actor, I'm sure of it. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah,
0: it's... Uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. I'm lost. We were talking about Scott Ian. Yep. Slipknot. Corey oh, that's it. it, yeah, face. he got together with
1: Corey Watts' face and they did... Uh, a cover from out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw that. sure i've read on various occasions that scott ian is a um is a fan of of faith no more at least so he's obviously from the uh interviews he's done recently he's a big fan of mr bungle too so he's happy to be there
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah. do we the thing the thing is i think any fan if, if someone's listening to this I, I suppose they've filled themselves in do we need to tell the Whole story about what's going on, or are we just sharing and no, discussing no. our excitement yeah, about it? Yeah, I don't think we need right to now. tell people what's
1: going on. I know um,
0: Faith No More followers covered it pretty comprehensively.
1: Well, that page is fucking dynamite, so I'm not surprised.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, no, well, it's I, I nice think... that I'm plugging it for a change.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> speaking
0: of plugging, uh, just a quick thank you
1: to Nate at um, the Vinyl Guide who gave Faith No More. Well, there was a lovely little plug on his last interview with Trey which I think we'll save to till Faith No More News to mention that further um, but yeah, just what I've noticed from these shows is obviously there was a massive issue with getting tickets, it was, I mean I, haven't, I didn't experience it I got tickets pretty much straight away so I didn't experience the, the tension and the, um, the um, disappointment of not getting them um, but it is a big debacle mm. and these scalpers should all be lined up and shot. But, you know, that's just the way things are at the moment. And I think the guys in Camp Bungle did their best to try and avoid this, um, but it's just unavoidable mm. in this mm. day and age. But what I've noticed on uh, social media is a lot of fans, you know, obviously having uh, a lot of animosity towards the way the tickets were sold, etc. but also – Saying oh you should solve this you know you should get um Danny and um Bear and uh, Theo back and you should be doing the um, Warner Brothers albums you know why are you doing this uh, demo why why have you got Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo in? but and I you know people have defended the band and I agree with it you know it's, to be honest Danny and Theo weren't around when this was written and recorded um, I did have a quick scan. Through um, Andrew's Mister Bungle gig database site, and the, I don't think Danny and Theo really ever played any of these songs live either. From Raging Wrath, these the Easter Bunny. I think oh. they dropped. I think they pretty much dropped them by the time these guys were on board.
0: Hello. Hi, Andrew Bowie, creator of FNMLive.com, online archive of the most complete and accurate listing of Faith No More's concert dates and set lists. How are you?
3: I'm good, Mike. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Look, I I was hoping you might be able to help me out. And Jim and I were talking about these uh, upcoming Raging Wrath uh, of the Easter Bunny shows... And um, even though I know that uh, we, you specifically have a Faith No More site, and I know that you're still pretty familiar with uh, Mr. Bungle and their tours as well. And we were, we were posing the question uh, in regards to, did the band ever perform any Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny material when Denny Heifetz, Theo Langille, or Bear McKinnon were in the band? Um, yeah, so this, the
3: Mr. Bungle site... Um... Most of the information came from a friend of mine a while ago from the big spreadsheet. So uh, I'm not as familiar with Mr. Bungler as am with Fats and More, but I do have a fair bit of info from uh, eighty five and eighty six from a couple of shows that were recorded in eighty seven. Um, so uh, Bear and Bear didn't join until about eighty nine. Um, but Theo joined in 86. It was definitely there by the end of 86. Uh, the first show, they played three or four songs from the first demo. Mm. And in 86, there's another recording we have where they played uh, evil Satan mm-hmm. and hypocrites. So they definitely played that with Theo. Um, I don't know as far as Danny goes. So it's like Danny's in the band by the time Bear is in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the, by eighty nine, um, and this as I was saying, there's not a lot of recordings of Mr. Bungle available uh before sort of nineteen ninety, before people latched onto who they were. Sure. Um but uh before that they didn't play a whole lot of the first demo. So obviously the first show, they played a few songs, but they were already playing songs from uh, second demo and uh, just random covers. Um, and they tended to change their sets a lot. So uh, always focusing on the newer songs. So when you look at an 89 set list, it's going to have all newer Mr. Bumble album songs on it. Mm-hmm. In it uh,
2: and covers, they've pretty much dropped all the old demos songs by that point. Sure. Um,
3: but <laughs> I can think uh, there is a, some evidence of the uh, 99 tour. They apparently played a bit of Raping Your Mind in the middle of Merry Go Bye Bye. Uh, although I couldn't say for sure that that's correct, I'd have to go back and have a listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then '86, uh, sorry, not '86, '96, they played uh, Southern Death at Macquarie University in Sydney.
0: I was there and for that, that gig, I did, and I just didn't know it. That
3: one I've, I've definitely heard. Ah. So, thing is, sort of sounds like a Slayer cover. <laughs> yep. So you, you might not have noticed hmm mm-hmm. Um and certainly Patton's voice is different. That's why these shows are gonna be very interesting. Mm. Um oh. so the answer is yes. I think they've they've played uh sudden death, definitely. But the rest of the songs I can't say for sure. Um there's actually no evidence of them playing at least three of the songs mm-hmm. ever.
0: As yeah. a as a band ever, live.
3: Yeah, Yeah. well, there's there's almost no recordings between 85 and 89, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can never say for sure. But the recordings we do have from 87, the the only song they played is Evil Satan. Otherwise, they didn't play any of the other other songs, so they may have dropped them all by then, Uh, moving on to a different sound.
0: Yeah. I mean, it certainly does seem to be, and they've always said that they always prefer to have that forward momentum. So it just seems that they've always been that way right from the start.
3: Yeah, it definitely looks like it. Um, like a, I mean, by 91, 92, they're pretty much just playing covers <laughs> just to annoy everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> a bit of a sign that they're sick of their songs.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so they're always moving their uh, set list along. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't played... Some of these songs ever, hmm. uh, so it's going to be a very interesting night. Yeah, of night. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, definitely. go on man. Appreciate that. No, worries. thank you. Um,
1: and obviously, back in the day, they had Chad Watts on drums. Um, uh, so they basically just filled those gaps with really competent, professional players. And I don't think really you can complain about that. You know, you've got obviously Dave would be the perfect choice with his Dead Cross and phantomous connections with with Patton and Dunn in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm 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 sure Trey and Dave have, have might have done some stuff together with Zorn. Is that possible? I think I think they might have. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, the the, the long and short of it is you, you, you're getting a return. Of, of Patton, Dunn, and Spruance on stage together, what more could you ask for? You know, these three guys haven't shared the stage as a trio in 20 years. You know, what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah, and... Um, oh, actually, I have the, actually what's that, Sorry, did, what's I the know, name of the guy?
1: Did Trey do some stuff with Mondo Kane at the same time as Trevor
0: Dunn? Maybe he did. Anyway, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't it's know. It's possible. Was Trevor Dunn a part uh, of Mondo Kane? Uh, Trevor Dunn. Like, did he do some shows? Yeah, played
1: live with 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 Mondo Carney at the beginning. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: definitely. Ah, oh. um, yeah, yeah. But I'm not realize. sure about. I, I'm sure Trey Maybe did. Maybe I knew but, that back then. Yeah, but, mm. I'm sure Trey did, but
0: I Trey, might be wrong. Trey right? did make an appearance on a few shows. Yeah, definitely. Yep, yeah, no, I remember well, the footage yeah, th- of so it. So
1: it's possible that those three have shared the stage then in the last twenty years.
0: Oh, hey, Andrew Bowie. One other thing. Have Trevor Dunn, Trace and Mike Patton all been on stage together at any time since the California tour?
3: Uh, I happened to ask Pablo from Bungle Weird about this, and he and I think the answer is no, they haven't. Um, Dunn played bass in Mondokane uh, in South America 2011. He's obviously Mm -hmm. been in lots of other Patton projects. Uh, Trey played guitar on uh, Mondocane in San Francisco, two thousand ten. So we were thinking it's possible they were together Mondocane, but I, the the answer there seems to be no.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Trey's played with Patton a lot. Dunn's played with Patton a lot. But all three of them on the stage at the same time? No, don't think that's happened.
0: Yeah, even the um, even some of the Zorn stuff. That was that was the only other thing we thought it could have happened. Some of the Zorn shows, but doesn't seem to be.
3: No, so Trey, Trey was at very recent Zorn show, um, but I think that was quite unusual. Usually, it's done and Zorn and Patton,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, but not with Trey. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong. I, um, I always like to throw that at the end of uh, everything I say. <laughs> it's probably probably true, <laughs> all research says. Yeah, but uh, I don't think they've uh, they've ever been on stage.
0: Well, yeah, I'm sure. If, I'm sure if we're incorrect, yeah, someone will come and uh, correct us if uh, if there is any instance I of it. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, me too. Cool, man. I appreciate it. No worries. Yeah, take care, Andrew Bowie, creator of Live dot com.
3: Uh, you too, Mike. Cheers, <laughs> <Jeez>, mate. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, at the, back in the you know, I I'm not going to be as um, facetious and as as big headed as say I predicted this, but a, a, a few years ago I wrote an article: "What the world needs now, Mr. Bungle," and I just you know pulled up all the quotes, uh, ones that I questions that I'd asked the band if there's possible of reforming, mm. and you know it was thrown out there, and then most people said it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, um, and then obviously with all the um, little tidbits that um, Trevor has been sharing on. Uh, their Twitter account, uh, we knew something was stirring. We said in last episode, something was stirring in the Bungle camp. Yeah, and uh, yeah. this was a possibility. I was more of the belief it would be just the reissues. I thought they would be the, the, the thing. But but this is just absolutely fantastic. And it could, mm. And you know, they've played it down. Mike Patton said there's just these shows and nothing else. But it could be the gateway mm-hmm. for more Bungle. In the future, let's hope so. Let's hope you know they do have a proper reformation with the other guys, and let's just hope that they do go out and play some of the old, you know, Warner Brothers albums, and let's just hope beyond hope that they get together and record some new shit. You know, it, it could be the gateway for something. Dude, where did Patton?
0: Where did Patton say that?
1: Um, just on his social media, he just said, and I, I think mm-hmm. he might, you know, he's basically said this is it." But then again, he said there's three shows, three cities. That's it, no more. Then it was like, no, actually, there's six shows, mm. and now there's another one. But that's it. That's all, folks. That's what he said. Now seven. Um, yep,
0: but that's it. Yep.
1: Yeah. But well, well, you know, it's just it's it's a great time to be alive. <laughs> you know, it's um, a great time to, to you know to to be a Bungo fan. And you know, my my news feed for the last two weeks or whatever it's been has just been full of bungle from all my friends around the world that Mm. are celebrating that are frantically trying to get tickets that have got tickets that haven't got tickets but are just going to go anyway and just hope beyond hope that they can get them Yep. um but yeah it's awesome and I'm, i'm i'm getting putting together a plan to have people placed in each of these gigs to do maybe not a live feed of the whole gig i wouldn't ask someone to stand there with the phone out for the whole gig but hopefully you know get some great photos you know put some reviews together and you know a live feed of some of the songs at least so those that can't go, you know Mm. keep an eye on faith no more followers i'm really going to cover this with with all the guster i can um amount to to do such a thing and you know help those fans out that can't be there Mm. But I'm going, so fuck you! So you get... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. Didn't mean
0: that. Well, I think you've covered it all. I don't know if I had much else to say about it. Oh, sorry. I've I, I couldn't see it happening any other way. i ranted. Oh, you did rant a little, but that's that's good. No, it was, good. It was a good rant. I think I'm going to give myself we, a cup of coffee. Uh, we, we just, <laughs> I, again, another good reason to listen to the Vinyl Guide episode which yeah, yeah. you're going to talk about in faith no more news are you uh,
1: well we can both yeah. discuss it i'm
0: not going to be as selfish to hog all that information for myself okay yeah <laughs> well you usually do that the news bit and it's always so well prepared from you but um what i wanted to say was we only just posted um part one of this of this uh, album of the year episode today so when that goes live, there we are discussing what these little hints are coming from Mr. Bungle and how we feel about it and what it might be. It's quite funny that it's going back in time and sort of, mm-hmm. sort of us um, hypothesizing and imagining what it possibly could be, and it's already been announced, so people listening will, all, will already know what the news is. Um, but I yeah. know the two of us were both saying that we'd be more excited at this stage about hearing Mr. Bungle playing live again than probably Yeah, we did. all right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, we did. We certainly
0: did, mm. yeah um i'm quite I'm quite pleased because I know that when we were talking about it, and as it's been told by pretty much any member of the band that's talked about the chance of bungle getting back together, they have everyone has said it wouldn't be just us you know playing through the albums and revisiting the old stuff, it would have to be something new and have to be something fresh, and I think i I can I still feel like this counts as something fresh, it's something that we could never have anticipated and it must be, I am, yep. imagine it must be fun for them and you can tell how chuffed they are at the fact that they're including Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo mm-hmm. as a part of it that, you know, Anthrax and Slayer were their idols at the time that they were doing Raging Wrath. So it's nice that it's, uh, it, the, the way that's come about, I, I'm, I'm really pleased about it. I, I, yep. I don't need to hear. Um oh. I'm. So, I'm saying that I'm just being optimistic. I'd. Love, I, I'm just pleased to hear Bungle again, or to yeah. know that I, we will be seeing Bungle together again. It's Even interesting if it's just an incarnation that, of three of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that that Trey, uh, sorry Trevor, was the one that, that instigated this reunion. Because um, out of all mm. the guys I've ever spoke to about it in the past, he was the one that seemed to be holding back the most. Um, but again, mm. I think that might be a similar situation to when Faith the More reunited and Bill Gold was the most skeptical yeah. about it because I was
0: about to ask that,
1: yeah. Because yeah. I think Bill was the one that had the most invested in it originally, and so he's skeptical of it coming back together and, and well, for want of a better phrase, breaking his heart again. Yep. Um, so I think that might have been a similar situation for Trevor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because Trevor's the one that's kept, you know, the, the website going. Trevor's the one that's, that, that's behind the Twitter. Yeah. Um, Trevor, when, you know, when I've spoken to... Trevor and Trey are always really, really um, excited and keen to talk about Mr. Bungle when I've approached them for interviews. Mm. Um, you know, and they speak with no hint of of disappointment or no hint of... of um, uh, aggression towards any of the others. They've always been really cool about it. Yeah. Um. And I suppose most people would think that Mike Patton would have been against this. Um. But it, it does seem, and I think we've discussed this, it does seem that Mike Patton seems to be more open to uh, nostalgic um, returns in the last 10 years than he ever was before. It, before exactly. he would say in an interview, there's not a chance of Faith Moore ever doing anything. There's not a chance of, of, of Mr. Bungle ever doing anything. But it just seems to be maybe in his old age, he's he's, well, he's not that old, but <laughs> maybe in later life, he's, he's uh, more open to these ideas and, and looking back on the things he's done with a sense of um, pride and a sense of, you know, we can do this. You know, We can return to this.
0: And I think it is so, a sense of a joyful nostalgia. It's not so much that he's revisiting it out of a desperation. Look, I imagine no, that no, Faith No, no More re- reuniting must have been a, a nice little payday for him to revisit that. Like it would have been a, a nicer uh, thing financially for him, but it, he doesn't need it.
1: No, we, we all know that Mike Patton only does these things for his own artistic integrity. You know, yeah, yeah yes, he, he puts yeah, a bit of money in totally. the bank, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need it you know, to, 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 to fill those accounts up, you know, he's got so much shit going on. Um,
0: but yeah. Well, you can tell by the size of these shows, you know, they're keeping them as club gigs and they have sort of limited the way they're doing them. They could have approached it in a different way if they wanted a bigger payday out of it. Clearly the demand's there. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we did see it. We did see it with Faith No More. They got back together. They did some shows. Then they, you know, they did a world tour and then they did even some more shows. And then Bill sort of went, hey, I've got some songs. And then Patton went, okay, let yeah, me check yeah. them out. And yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that, Next oh, yeah, thing, we've got
0: this new album. So who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Yeah.
1: Anything's possible. And it's, you know, it's a, like I uh, said a, a few minutes ago, it's a great time to be a, uh, a Mr. Bungle fan, to be a Mike Patton fan, you know, and, and Mike Patton's got so much more still to I mean like Trevor's website is being updated, it's back online, and this has revealed some st- total gems so far, you know and one of them is that and I knew this already, but it's out now out there in public uh, domain and that's not me showing off uh, it's just a, a tidbit of information I got a while ago, um, that the Tomahawk that their next album is written, recorded, and it's just waiting for Patton. Yeah. Um, so Patton's got these these projects lined up, ready to go. You know, he's returned to um, Mondo carne He's uh, returned to Mr. Bungle. Um, I would have thought that Tomahawk would be his next project. You know, he's got he's got some different projects out of his system. The John Claude Vanier um collaboration he's done a bit of soundtrack work for for that TV series um Nosferatu 2 i think it's called something like that based on a comic book um mm-hmm. so yeah he's got you know but we're we're, we're straying into faith in the more news um
0: uh but but yeah yeah and Bill well, Dead Cross Dead Cross also were just in the studio too did yep, patton yep, actually yeah, again, join them did yeah. they actually no, do a second no no uh,
1: apparently they're just writing at the moment. I did mm. ask Justin Pearson about this a couple of weeks ago. I thought I might land myself a bit of a scoop, and he basically said there's nothing to tell at the moment. We're just in the studio writing, so they've not even started the recording process yet for that. So that oh, okay. might that might knowing my pattern, that might be a couple of years away. Yet yeah. um, it all depends on his priorities, what he's getting most excited about, and it seems to me at the moment he's excited about Mr. Bungle. Um, and you never know. Yeah. You know, you know, we never know what's going on in Camp Faith no more. We don't know what Bill's up to. We don't know if he's getting together writing, recording with, with um, Puffy and with um, Roddy. We just don't know, you know what I mean? And they're not going to tell us. They're not going to, you know, like they did last time. It will all be top secret until they have something to say. Yeah. Um. Uh, we, we, you know, and they might not have something to say again. We just don't know. That's, that's... That's the frustration of being a Faith No fan, I think.
0: Yes, but mm-hmm. I mean that's the frustration of being any band for any band where you want more and you're not sure when the next thing's going to happen. And but unfortunately, you know, Faith the More
1: seem to have quite a lot of time between. They're notorious um, for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you know, I mean, it's what it's, it's nearly five years since the last album, and it's ten years since the uh, reunion began um f- 4 mm. years no sorry 3 years since faith no more well pretty much to the week that faith no did any gigs when they jumped on stage and did those two with um chuck um bless his Soul. mhm mhm
0: it's nice that at least at this stage that the last shows that they've done were the ones with chuck You know, if that's the way that Faith No More do go out, that's actually a nice that's a nice close, but as much as we um we hope that we'll see them do something again. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel I do feel like this this Mr Bungle thing, you know, we had the Faith No More reunion sort of paved the way, I think, for Patton to consider just Revisiting things and that nostalgia isn't all bad That it can actually still be a good experience And there can still be a sense of forward momentum At the same time as that sort of revisiting thing And then yeah. we've got I think the Dead Cross thing that He did with, um, obviously with Dave Lombardo But the Dead Cross project was very thrash and stay, straight ahead And I think the combination of those things That Raging Wrath, I have a feeling, will feel... Similar to Dead Cross, with the exception of the lineup.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a fresh, similar, you know, a bunch yeah, of old a men similar, performing. Similar vibe, yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I do really enjoy the Dead Cross stuff. I've, I've not had an opportunity to see them live because I haven't made it to Australia yet, but um, I do like the live footage I've seen of Dead Cross. And the thing I didn't like about the album was that it was much like the real thing very much that the band had already written the music and recorded it and Patton just laid his vocals over the top. And for me, it didn't sound very cohesive as an album. It was a little bit like Patton's vocals stacked on top and the mixing didn't feel like it gelled that well. Mm -hmm. And I actually did enjoy the Dead Cross album. It's just sort of how it felt, um, which is sort of, to my knowledge, literally how it was done. Patton just laid his vocals on top, but it didn't have that gelled sound to it they did seem to mix his vocals really high on top um so i hope that the next dead cross has that and that's what i like about the live shows of dead cross that they sound like a band live more so than they do on the album um yeah i hope the second album has a bit more cohesion to it but hey i'm just indulging in venturing into discussions that aren't faith no more or even mr bungle right now Yeah, well, Uh, I've got a great quote here from... Oh, yeah, yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I've just just ended with this great quote from 2013 from Mike Patton. Um, And he says, I think that this Faith No More reunion taught me a pretty good lesson. Hey, these things you've done in the past aren't your enemies. They're not something to run away from, but rather something to just understand. If I'm going to write a piece of music tomorrow, I'm not really going to understand it for another 10 years, maybe, if I'm lucky. The Reunion of Faith and More was a really eye-opening experience because it taught me how to appreciate the music that I've done from a distance. When you're in it, you're too close. When you're writing it, it's still like a part of you. Mm. So, you know, it shows there that, that with time, distance, age, maturity, um, you know, you can return to these past projects and do them justice without, you know, feeling like you're doing a just disservice to your
0: own legacy. What was the origin of that quote?
1: Um, it's from Alarm magazine in 2013. Cool.
0: I like that. Cool. It pretty much encapsulates yeah. what I was just uh, assuming about patterns, so that's good. Cool. Let's crack on, eh? We always seem to have a little bit of a lag when we do <coughs> these in the Skype, and Sorry, tonight seems like the worst again. we've ever right. been yeah. dealing Three, with. Three, two, but... one, go. And... Album of the Year side B You
1: sounded more enthusiastic than the last episode, that.
0: Woohoo! I also I also had the longest lasting I'm still dealing with this lingering cold. It's already killed a few people in Australia. Oh, dear. It's a nasty, nasty bug. That sucks. You, you hey? You've just
1: got tickets to go see Mr. Bungle and you die of a cold. That's up for you, mate.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm on the echinacea and the olive leaf and the vitamin C and the zinc and the magnesium. <sighs> My wow. girlfriend's a naturopath. That's, that's yeah. the entire periodic table that you're taking now. Almost. O- almost. Mm. Let's talk about Faith No More, an album of the year on um, Side B when, and start so, yeah. with Ashes to Ashes, hey? Ashes to Ashes. Yeah.
1: Well, top tune. Great song. Um, not my favorite on the album, as we've already established, but it's up there. Um, this would probably land in my, maybe my top 20, top top, definitely top 50 Faith No More songs of all time. Um, what do you think?
0: Well, was this the first song you heard from the new album?
1: Yes. Yes. First song I heard. Yeah. And it,
0: I I uh, still remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those songs in it. It's um, a staple in Faith No More's sets. It's uh, a real um, audience, favorite audience pleaser. It's, you know, it's, it was released as a single. It's, you know, it's on every um, greatest hits compilation it's Faith No More, through and through. You know, it doesn't have the dug- bugger daggers. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have, you know, the, the traditional feel of a Faith No More song. But, yet yeah, we know it. You know, it's Faith No More. Two, one, uh, Faith No More, 1997. This is the song.
0: I believe I've told this story before, but I, I, this is the first song I heard, and it was Triple J Radio had got the promo copy of it, and they said... Later tonight we're going to play the new Faith no More and my friend and my friend and I after school went back to his house and we needed to go out we needed to go out but we sat in his bedroom with a cassette in the you know in the thing already recording ready for yep. the song to start and there it went and it happened and I just stood there in awe and I think the promo version was like the uh, the radio edit so it actually had that middle section. Cut out before the solo, so it went straight out of the second chorus, in straight into the solo, and so then you had at the very end of the da 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 give a same to me, and it was just heavy and loud and big, and my jaw just dropped, and I was in love, elated, so excited. As soon as it finished, we hit stop on the cassette, and I said, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." We went out and we jumped in the car and just put the tape straight back in. And we must have played it over and over five or six times. And I was super stoked and really excited for the new Faith No More.
1: I first heard it. Um, I'm going to say that it was either the um, the BBC recording on the radio. um Hiya. Or TF5 Friday, the UK TV program, which I'm... Think yeah. it would possibly have been the the T F I Friday performance, and like we discussed in last episode, you know I'd kind of not followed faith no more, and this song was the one that made me feel guilty for not doing so, and I'd made me dra- dra- dragged me by my hair back into faith no more um, universe, uh, and I just thought, wow, you know they're back. This is a great song. This is a fantastic song. The guitar riffs are brilliant. Uh, the um, the rhythm of um, Bill and Puffy together is is mm-hmm. is, is perfect. The, the it has those Roddy Bottom atmospheric keys that that we love from old school Faith No More from from the real thing era. Um, and Patton's just you know his vocals are brilliant on this song. You know delivered fantastically. Mm. Um, the,
0: the great reverb on the choruses too—that big, spacey echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. It's uh, got delay, one of those m- amazing, around.
1: uplifting choruses that, that, that Faith and Mark can do mm. so well when they when they when they yeah. choose to. Um, lyrics, you know, there's, they're, they're not stand out. They're not amazing, but you know, they're, but they're great. You know, they they, they suit the song perfectly. Um, yeah, and I, I always. The, you know, I I didn't know them for years and years and years. Out, you know, there's bit parts of it where I was unsure what he was saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's I, I I'm not going to uh, assume to understand what he's talking about in it. Um, mm, you know, that's what I
0: was about to say actually.
1: Yeah, there's not there's not a great deal of um, giveaways what the song is actually about. Um, this could be one of those ones where Patton just, you know, chose the words to fit the rhythm rather than than add any kind of theme in in mind. Um, well, it
0: certainly lives inside that world of ambiguity that I always speak about. Yeah, I yeah. I prefer this kind of lyric because there's words, there's some feels like there's some meaning there, but you don't get too caught up in it, which is what I say every freaking time. But <laughs> I do like the. Smiling with the mouth of the ocean. Um, uh, Sorry, what? Hang on. Smiling, yeah, yes, that's the word. Smiling with the mouth of the ocean. I wave to you with the arms of the mountain. Whatever that means, I've always liked it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's played on the.
0: Grabbed a metaphor from somewhere, but yeah, yeah. What's he getting at? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's It's a very um, grandiose.
0: Uh, feel he could into have said it. the mouth of the volcano. Well, he could have done, but he didn't. With the mouth of volcano, it's, that's fucking shit. I'm, yeah, I'm not editing that, but that's <laughs> that's. I would normally edit that kind of rubbish. Oh. Well, no, as I'm far as didn't say that.
1: As far as the writing of the song, I've got a few quotes, um, both from mm-hmm. Bill. Mm-hmm. One in 1997. The bulk of that song was written um, the first week. We arranged it here, as in um, the studio, and then we uh, sent pattern a tape. Uh, he was in Italy, but he came with the lyrics and the singing straight away. It was one of those songs that just clicked. One of those songs that we do most naturally. That's our sound, and that, that yeah, that's a brilliant quote from Bill because it describes what we've just you know discussed. Uh, it is their sound yeah. definitely. Uh, and then in 2016, he spoke about the song. It's kind of like when you eat something. And all the ingredients fit together you can't really say why you like it but you just know you do to me that song has size it has scope and in the very melody um has a great impact it gives me all those things uh that i make me feel good um again referring to the fact that it's what you know it's a group it's a grand song uh and it's got those elements of faith no more definitely
0: Yep. Yeah yeah uh, my notes here actually did say it's the second strong song of the album for me and i imagine you totally agree which would be strip search as the the key strong song of the album but this mm-hmm. one for me sort of sits as the uh yeah the definitely other, definitely and i think the other there's strength. a difference
1: between strong and favorite i mean i prefer mouth to mouth but this is a, a a very strong song you know that's why it's such a, a crowd pleaser yeah, it's, it's, it's a great one.
0: I, I don't know why I like this, but I don't like Last Cup of Sorrow, because to me they both have that almost anthemic sounding. I can't remember what word you used before to describe the chorus, but it's got this big, grandiose chorus, which is uplifting and um, I guess just powerful and dynamic and really open. But I like Ashes to Ashes, but I don't like Last Cup of Sorrow. But I, I feel like they sort of appeal to the same taste. I like otherwise. Last Cup
1: of Sorrow, but uh, um, I prefer Ashes to Ashes. I think we had this mm. a little discussion about this in our little Faith No More friends group. And, uh, and it was Andy Bowie that posted a, um, a poll online. And Ashes to Ashes okay. won, but only by like 2%, something <laughs> like that. Um, yes. And then... I noticed that Andy was silent for a, a few days after that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're going to do a, yeah. a full episode about videos, but it's worth mentioning that this video um, returned to Faith No More's dark roots. Um, it was directed by Tim Royals, uh, who's now sadly passed away, um, and it, it's got those dark themes, and, it, and it's, it's, you know, and it's and it's the, the video I think that. That introduced Faith No More's new um, yes, suited yep. and booted look. That. Yeah, yeah, the, yep. the funeral suit era, if you will. And um,
0: pattern looking sexy as anything with his well, yeah, back yeah, hair. And,
1: yeah, he looks yeah. good in that video for, for sure. Um, and obviously, we'd not seen um, John up until this video. This hmm. was the first glimpse we yep. got of, of John. Within the band, but there's some great, great. I, I, we won't discuss it in too much detail, but some great parts in that video, particularly the one where Patton's sat on the stairs and there's, there's uh, his doppelganger sat next to him and tapped him on the shoulder. That's yeah. that's brilliant. That part. Yeah. Um, and do you know there's it, it, there's a, a a clip online and of an interview and Roddy mentions it was filmed in the house where the film Seven was 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 made. Oh, that's uh, the right. Ninety five. Yeah film with uh, brad Pitt in and morgan freeman now i Great did a little fan. research on that on the locations and everything mm. and from what i can gather um it wasn't there's there's mm. no evidence of that and it's possible it was filmed in a set um that seven may be used um, but i was thinking it was more likely to be um, a house where the film Fight Club was filmed. It looked more like the house in that. Oh, yeah. But, again, I can find no evidence of that either. And Fight Club was filmed in, well, it was released in 1999. So I suppose, you know, the overlap It is possible. Oh. Um But, yeah, I, just, I I I can't find any evidence of that. So either, you know, Roddy knows something we don't or, you know, he might be mistaken and we, we don't know this.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've said it before as well that we see, for the for the entire '97 tour, Patton is singing into a Shure SM57 microphone. Mm-hmm. But for the video of this one, he appears to be singing into what looks like a Shure SM58 with the uh, the pop shield screwed off. And this this is
1: I, I made the um, the uh, the visual liking liking to. Pattern in this era as as kind of Frank Sinatra, and this is where he really Mm -hmm, looks mm -hmm. like a a Las Vegas crooner or you know, or or a gangster type. You know, you can imagine him singing on a stage in a club full of gangsters, you know what I mean? Crooning away. Um, this is where
0: he really was going for that, yeah. Yeah,
1: this is where he's got that kind of like Martin Scorsese character look about him. Um, definitely.
0: Do you think this was well, well. He did he move to Italy after the King for a Day tour, like around ninety six, ninety seven. Was that when he moved to Italy?
1: Uh, well, there's a, there is an interview actually in Venice of of Patton and Roddy, and he does mention living in Italy in that interview. And that interview would have been ninety five. So, uh-huh. so it's possibly moved there earlier. Um, I
0: just wonder if this is all around the time of birth of Mondo Carne as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that planting yeah. the seed and his love yeah. for all of that. And then yeah. obviously the pop singers, of you know, the pop classics and then the crooners and that styling, the way he styled himself and especially the slicked back hair. Yeah. Very Italian. Yeah. I wonder if he's got
1: Italian roots at all, right, Mike um, I know in an interview in 1991, him and Roddy discuss, discuss how he's got um, – iranian or iraqi roots but i think that's just for the camera i think it's just you know he says, though yeah they, they do you remember that interview we sat in um no. uh, in rock and rio it's it's backstage, uh, you know backstage in rock and rio patton has got the undercut haircut and yeah it, it goes on about um getting threats for a bomb in his sink now, I, I i really think it was all bullshit and he was
0: just playing up to the camera but you never know. You never know which Yeah, Philly standard for yeah. that time especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Hmm. I did make a little note about a part of the song that I like. Okay. I like what the bass I like what the bass does in the second verse. Uh oh, I know just what you mean, to the hover it, up on a does it just go, starts up to high. hover up on a higher note, the, do, 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 do. A bit higher because it's it plays quite low through the the verses oh i was i was just, i was wondering if away. you
1: think you meant that uh, if, if it was a there's a bit where he follows like a drum fill and it kind of goes do 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 like that
0: well we in the verse do you know which bit i mean do you know which bit i mean I'm, i think i know what you mean because what i was going it sounds like a, it
1: sounds like a, a, a machine gun kind of kind of thing mm. going like, like that it's just a really short part Maybe you could drop in a... uh, Maybe you could drop in a... Sound bite. Right. Now. Afternote. During the editing of this episode, myself and Mike realised we were talking about the exact same part here, just articulating it in different ways.
0: Peace out. You're going to have to tell me the bit you mean because you're going to have to well, send well, we me. we could do that. We do that. second finished. thing later. Yeah, it might might be just live that we'll they do it. Go. What We'll What we'll do about. is, let's go. When this episode's over, we'll go back in time and drop mm-hmm. the sample in. Now.
1: Yeah. No, we. No, we've
0: just dropped it in. You. you oh, you, we'll we did. Drop it in yeah. again? Do you want to drop I it? I just again? doing it. You I was just it. doing a Bill and Ted's reference. Oh, right. Really? Remember when okay. he needs his dad's keys? Remember at the start of the yep. film, his dad's like, have you seen my keys? I can't find my keys. And then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> such a good, it was good. And then waiting as and he goes, oh, I can get my dad. I'll go, we'll go after this is over, we'll go back in time and get my dad's keys before he lost them. And then they, they get the keys and he's like, you did yep, steal yep, your dad's yep. keys. Uh, I retold that perfectly with accents and everything.
3: Can we get your dad's keys? We could steal them, but he lost them two days ago. Only we could go back in time to when he had them and steal them then.
0: Well, why can't we? Because we don't got time. We could do it after the report. Ted, good thinking, dude. After the report, we'll time travel back to two days ago, steal your dad's keys and leave them here. Where? I don't know. How about behind that sign? That way, when we get here now, they'll be waiting for us. See? Whoa! Yeah. So after the report, we can't forget to do this, otherwise it won't
2: happen. But it did happen. Hey, it was me who stole my dad's keys.
1: Yes, but if if you watch um, um, Avengers Endgame, you will realise that the time, the rules of time travel don't work in that way.
0: Hmm. I th- I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure Bill and Ted is going to be more accurate than Marvel. Thank you. You reckon? Yep. Ooh. They had Rufus.
1: <laughs> Rufus, this is, an, this is an argument we shouldn't be having.
0: This is going well. Yeah. I is. think we should stop. Uh, do you know any what? This episode was going well.
1: It was going well, and for the, the last five minutes, it's it's dropped. I Seriously think we need
0: dropped. to resolve this Bill and Ted Marvel thing before we continue. Do we? No. Let me just. Um.
1: This Justin. <laughs> You let that news reporter off the Muppets. That's what that's what that's what <laughs> reminds me of. This Justin Chicken walks across road
0: <laughs> I didn't watch enough Muppets growing up, I gotta be honest. That's foolish. I know. That's all I have to say on that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> she loves me not? Um, okay.
1: So this 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 album, when we began, I had four points on why um and i need to um readdress this as well i do believe in last episode i said there was four points why i do not like this album which is not the case at all i love this album however this is the four points of why i find it the uh, my least favorite within the faithful more catalogue just want to readdress that um, so yeah the points were production lack of progression within songwriting lyrics and vocals and guitar and guess what this song is guilty of all four of those points. I agree. It's quite possibly one of the worst Faith No More songs in their catalogue,
0: in my opinion. If we're counting album only, and we're not talking B-sides or anything, then I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's got the worst lyrics on the entire album. Um, it's like Patton literally just... what well, he just... I don't know. Uh, it's like he literally just sang whatever came into his head during the recording session. Um not that there are a lot of lyrics. Um I'll never be what you want me to be, just be who I am. What do you want me to be? Um yeah, yeah. This 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 is this is the letdown mm. song so far that we've discussed. I think the keyboards Sound bad, I don't, you know the 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 piano sound that's being used is is not um, it's not what we're used to, you know it's not what we hope for from Roddy sounds. Um, Patton's singing is 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 pretty good, you know he's got that kind of soul thing going on, that kind of you know you know but even that uh, just doesn't sound. Very Faith No More to me.
0: You said a number of things there that have just stimulated okay, a few thoughts for me. I feel as though this could have worked with Sol Invictus, at least if they presented the idea now that perhaps some of the ideas may have bloomed from, I, mean, I, I would guess that perhaps it, this song started mm-hmm. with bass and piano. Or the you know the keyboard. It start. It sounds like it started with the keyboards, but I feel like Sol Invictus Faith No More may have got a better grasp on what to do with this song. Especially using a real piano would have helped. I think the bass the bass line through it serves the song really well. I think John Hudson's guitar playing on it's really weak, and I think. Solemn Victor's John Hudson would have done a much better job because as we've talked about before, his playing certainly improved or the way he worked with Faith No More. Um, I just don't understand how it made
1: it onto the album. It sounds to me like a, a a demo. Not the not the actual production of it, just the song itself. It just sounds like a the mess it sounds a bit like that hippie jam where they're just jamming. I love that you though. know, messing around. Yeah, it's, I, I prefer that to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. Me too. Yeah, but even Bill said it didn't almost didn't make it on the record. Um, hmm. He said, we almost didn't even record vocals for it because it's so different from all of the other songs. I wrote this song, and I was almost embarrassed to play it for anybody in the band because it's so soft. But at the same time, it's a good thing. It's like a boys to men's song or something. I didn't play it for anybody for like half a year, and then I finally played it for Puffy. He thought we should give it a try. So I gave it to Patton, and he said, I wrote words, but they're pretty over the top. But then we went forward with it and he really sang his ass off, which I see, yeah, he did sing his ass off, but his words aren't over the top. They're bloody under the carpet. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, there you go. And I mean, it It's with got with the kind of... But did
1: Bill write it? piano Bill, or...? I, I'm assuming uh, quite, quite possibly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's a similar thing to what he said about um, uh, Take This Bottle. He was very um, embarrassed about presenting that to the band. Because he didn't think it fitted in with their sound, but take this bottle. is is fucking fantastic song. This, you know, this is poo.
0: <laughs> I, I I do feel like the, the the note that I had here as well is I wonder what Trey Spruance may have done with it as well. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. What would Quite he? Have, how yeah. would
0: he have weaved his guitars in? 'Cause yeah. I I can't think of what as far as what John Hudson did on the song, I don't really know what else could have been done to try and lift the song any further, but Trace Bruins is you know, has a bit of a knack for not just finding those gaps and spaces and filling them but actually really lifting something.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have one redeeming feature about this song. Mm-hmm. Which is the the this is something we've never discussed before. The Faith No More Unexpected Chord. Um, You get songs throughout Faith No More's catalogue when, as a listener, you expect it to go a certain way and they hit you with a chord that shouldn't be there, that sounds completely out of context with the whole song, yet Mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, A classic example would be um, The World Is Yours. Um, Kindergarten's got a similar thing and in this song it's got that unexpected chord just after the um, chorus say it's not true then it hits you with that boom it's a chord you would never expect to hear um and it's nice to see that they've carried on that tradition f- throughout their career um do you know what i'm talking about uh
0: no no i mean i i i i, pre- I, I know what you're I know what you're saying, but I can't think of what parts you're talking about. I mean, world is yours. Where does it happen in that?
1: Um, I think that's, that's what I'd, I would say in the verse.
0: When it hits the mm. verse? Where it just it, when it
1: No, it's actually in the verse. or so the chord progression, one of the chords in there oh, yeah. uh, is just like, oh, well, you didn't expect that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's subtle in some certain mm-hmm. cases. Uh, kindergarten, it's like, kingdom Kinder, you don't expect pattern to, to drop like that
0: so um, it's not necessarily a chord it could just be well, a melodic... but yeah
1: yeah or it, yeah but that that's the way I envision it an unexpected chord this in this particular song it's got that chord and it's it's the it's the keyboards I think that that um accentuate it in this particular song. I don't know what you're talking I'm, about. I right, might be exactly articulating right it not I might not be articulating it particularly well and it's something I think I might do a bit of research on this to discuss it further in a in another episode um but Should, I would should we drop in a sample of your what
0: you're talking about here? Tell me Yeah, there you go. There and then, in the future, I'm gonna know what you're talking about.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't got anything else to say on that song, and to be honest, we had rather put it behind me.
0: <laughs> I did. I did note that it does have a sarcastic sound to it, and you you were talking about those elements of California. It's almost also has a bit of that. California Mr Bungle California feel to it I don't agree the, uh,
1: no I just think it sounds just, I guess it's
0: the croony thing the the Vanity Fair mm. Sweet Charity vibe to it mm. Mm. Okay. I th- this has got like a more it's of a, a swingy,
1: swingy blues feel to it that's poorly mm. executed yeah no no not not a fan of this song unfortunately this is where my critique will come in in this last few songs on the album you will find my um personal taste will will, will and will take over and now we become
0: liked... a crazed beast oh. sorry cool <laughs> I liked this song back in 97 it was probably the weakest for the album or pristina which we'll get to mm-hmm. at least how i felt about it back then but When you're a kid and you don't have the now vast array of things that especially Patton's put out, I, I couldn't get enough Faith No More. I couldn't get enough Patton. So this was only his fourth album with the band. So it was like when I got bored of everything else, at least I still had this one to go, I haven't listened to that song in a while. And Patton's delivery on it, lyrics aside, I actually think the singing and melody's pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Du-dum, yeah.
0: Du-dum, du-dum, mm-hmm. Du-dum. But the... Um, uh, I feel like he's trying too
1: hard, to be honest.
0: I always liked how the... Um, uh, he does the... Um, what you want me to... Yeah, I can't do it. You just, just did not, it quite well. It's not in there. No, nah, but he does He does the full voice. So he does it... What you want me to... You know what I'm talking about? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah really you sounded up. just like him then no, for a the Thank you. I thought yeah. you actually did. Yeah, yeah just, just just dropped a bit of a uh, yeah, bit of Ball. a. What's it called? Yeah. Uh, what's it called when a you got the lyrics only? Bit of a um acapella. Just dropped a bit of a acapella yeah. pattern acapella. in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, the way he flicks up into like more of a falsetto, thinner voice, and then he goes into the full, but he's still hitting the same note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that I like. I've always liked that. Anyway, but that's yeah. it. That's all I have Fuck to that. do on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Another guitar intro. Oh, I didn't say that about yeah. Ashes to Ashes. You, you had Helpless, Mouth to Mouth and Ashes to Ashes all with guitar intros. And then got that feeling also naked in front of the computer lots of guitar intros on this album yep I agree yep and certainly more than any other album where it was yes for guitar. sure yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I've had this thought a long time ago and it wasn't part of my notes but glad I remembered yeah got that feeling got that feeling another dud another dud no Ooh. yeah I sorry
1: I sorry Nah, no, not a fan.
0: Good fun live, though. Mm. Good yeah. energy. More energy.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, not a fan of this song, I'm afraid. It's uh, it's just, yeah, again, it would probably fall in my bottom selection of Faith No More songs of all time. Um, written by Mike Patton, 100%. yeah um, Bill says it's a basically a song about a guy who's a compulsive gambler. And he said he think it would make an amazing video, but thank God it never got released as a single. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's all I've got to say on that. Next song. No.
0: Because... <laughs> we do see a bit of a theme of that on this album. We were talking last episode that the lyrics sounded a little uninspired, and I think... Patton really took that story thing a little bit, almost too far on this album where the got that feeling thing. He's, he's clearly painting a bit of a picture in his mind and just telling a story. The lyrics to me do feel a little bit weak, but there are some lyrics in it like have a drink, another pot of coffee. For some reason, I actually always liked that line maybe more because of how he sings it.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of good lines between striking out and striking rich. That's a, Um, a nice
0: little hit. Um, and that's all I've got to say on that one. Let's move on. (laughs) Well, the other, we did receive an email from someone a few episodes ago, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the person who wrote it. They, they pointed out that this was our first sort of hint of the tomahawk sound. And Uh. especially in the vocal and... You know, like the yes sir, sir, yes sir thing. And the get it, get it, get it, get your girl, that's really syncopated and a bit different. And the two times we hear the get it, get it, get it, get it, get your, he does it differently. Um, the timing of the get it, get it is a bit odd and weird and playful. That um, hadn't crossed
1: my mind, but I can can relate to that, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and I've, I've always liked at least the uh, the... The cleverness of the way Patton delivers the "get it, get it, get it, get your gold" thing, the yeah, uh, yeah. The, the guitar like da, 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 the the Dick Dale sort of sound, which most uh-huh. people would be familiar with the the song that was best mis, known from Miss Pol- Miser- mis- Miser- Miser- mis- yeah. yeah. How do you yeah. say it, Misaloo? Mis but, uh, I think is it. Yeah, from Pulp Fiction. Miseraloo, yeah. yeah. Pulp Fiction would be where most people would know it from. Uh, or, or the um, black eyed peas ripper, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ha yeah. ha ha! And that, yeah, no, well, that's yeah, actually yeah. don't they do that? what's the, the da, 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 da. I'm I'm just singing the original. But how do they? Oh fuck! What's the fucking catch? The they steal. They, they steal eye. the guitar line. Yeah, louder, um, pump louder, it, pump, louder it, pump, pump
2: it, pump it, That yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. shows how well I know the song.
1: Ugh.
0: Um, yeah. but I do like the guitar. I do like the guitar and got that feeling. The that's kind of cool. I can imagine Patton saying, "Do a Dick Dale thing." That's what I had in my head. Mm-hmm. Play that, please, John. Right. Got you. Yeah. Um, and last thing is in the ah um, oh, it. don' da 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 the way the bass preempts <laughs> the guitar I'm trying to think yeah. of how the fucking riff goes. But it goes okay. dun, dun, dun 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 and then it does a bom it. So the bass does a note before the guitar. The bass goes boom it. in the have a drink dun, dun, dun. you know? You actually, in here. Do you actually? Do you
1: realise you're actually talking here? Is this just going through your head? And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the rhythm. <laughs> it's like anyway, you tuned
0: that's... into your to your thoughts then, and you know, you're projecting. I, well, that's where I was. That's where I was. Yep. I was and I was. I was here.
1: <whistles> no, I'm not going to do it again.
2: Nothing. too many friends here, just an inch between strike and out, just like a rich just to risk. Why not take it, take it, take it, take it.
0: I've I've always really I've always liked this song. It's um good for you. I've got a, I've got a closing statement. I think I would make on the album that this song probably sparked that. But no, it's 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 not it's not classic Faith No More and it's not what I like about Faith No More. If it was to feature on a Tomahawk album or if it were to feature on um, if it was just a B side or something, I think it could actually be appreciated more. Hmm. Um, but no, I, I've always really liked got that feeling, and it's it's fun live. It certainly is. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 yep. That's everything. Okay.
1: Well, sometimes, Mike, you squirt out red and then turn a bit yellow, <laughs>
0: and then you make me kill my own oh right okay no need to get dark i'm not afraid so
1: yeah so after got that feeling you're back to some top faith no more music Paths, paths of glory. glory what a tune what a tune what a tune so we start off by just saying paths of glory is uh, another nod to mike patton's um love of 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 movies I think um, Pass of Glory is the title of a 1957 um, anti-war film by Stanley Kubrick, who we know Mike Patton uh, is a fan of. So I would assume that that's where he got nicked the title, Cheeky Mike.
0: Mm. Um, I, I have to say, all of Patton's love for Hitchcock films and Kubrick films and those references, they've always really flown over my head because I, I personally don't relate. I've never really ventured into independent film and art house and um, whatever you would classify these guys' work as.
1: Um, I'd say, I, I wouldn't being... say Stanley Kubrick was was in that band. I'd say he's, you know, he's hes definitely a risque director, but I would have said he's a lot of his films are in the mainstream. I would have thought. Maybe not this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did I would you ever have thought say so. Orange? Oh, dude, it's such a film. It's a brilliant film. But that is that is pretty cu- a, a weird, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But for um, Full Metal Jacket, I think that probably um, Doctor Strange love uh, Spartacus. You know, I think these films, with the Eyes Wide Shut, maybe um, they're definitely. Um, uh, the Shining of course you know one of my favorite films of all time. Oh yeah. you know yep. stray yep. into the um mm-hmm. uh, the realms of, uh, of mainstream movie um mm-hmm. I think but Bill said about this song this song is all about mood it's not entertain me it's a vibe which I do understand it's 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 old school faith for More, this for me it's got a real Even the drum intro, you know, it's got one of those drum intros you recognise instantly. Like we care Mm a lot, like Mm -hmm. um, a midlife crisis, like the real thing. You know, it's
0: yeah. It's just got such a great intro, and we got that great droning I was talking about in both Collision I think Strip Search also has a bit of a drone on the keyboards, but the yeah, yeah, really yeah. low, I don't know whether it's distorted, but just that low synthy just. It's great.
1: And uh, along with a- uh, Ashes to Ashes, it's it's got a thicker, warmer, and, and a more yeah. powerful sound to a lot of the rest of the album. It's like this particular song, they took a lot more time on producing to mix it.
0: Yeah, this one was when I was just saying about Ashes that this is that Ashes was the next strongest then Paths of Glory is the other one that I have in my head. Mm-hmm. Dare say that would be my top three of this album: Strip Search, Ashes, and this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a top song. Love it. Uh, I don't think I've seen it live that often, but um, no, maybe it doesn't translate to the stage uh, that well. Like some other I've heard of series.
0: I've yeah. heard audio. I've not seen any footage and certainly not seen them perform mm. it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they did play it live, but maybe not as um, often as Ashes to Ashes, for example. Mm. Yeah,
0: If you remember, too, that if you go back to what we knew of Patton in 97 being his fourth album, he'd done um, two Bungle albums, and unless you were really scouring what was out there, that was the most we sort of knew of him. We started to see the first of Patterns low range in R V when he sings mm-hmm. the I Hate You chorus. Then, you know, songs like Evidence and Just a Man uh started to feature some of that lower register that was a bit more serious, but we begun to hear a more adult pattern and it's definitely here in Album of the Year that he started to really work that um that lower register and paths of Glory was one that always stood out to me as being really exceptional for range because he's doing quite a low. uh, Is it a bridge after the, the 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 verse is sort of a I guess a mid sort of range, but then the, the bit after the verse, blood in your eyes again. Bit is he saying blood in your eyes again? Blood in your mind again next time around? Don't yeah, know it's I got it's got it's some, in front of me. It's got but some that, wicked lyrics. Low. That's low. But then when he yeah. sings I'm not afraid, but I'm afraid, mm-hmm. that's really quite high and probably, except for those little quick flicky notes he jumps up to and she loves me not, I've always thought that this song sort of features the top of his range for this album.
1: Yeah. yeah. The, the, the lyrics are pretty amazing for this song as well. But again, not, not a lot of them. Um, mm. But as we said not so long ago, you squirt, squirt out red and turn so yellow and then you made me kill my own Um, uh, blood in your eyes again bravery in the face of man blood on your mind again chivalry in the face of man blood in your lies again enemy in the face of man blood in your eyes again yeah um top top lyrics um again not a lot Certainly of Certainly
0: playing with the sound of words isn't he much like what we were talking about naked in front of the computer just turning just shifting certain words and yeah changing yeah. the meaning around
1: yeah yeah i do like the lyrics of this song uh, but it's, it's a great it's a it's um it's it, it's it's a, a like we i think we've discussed this on previous episodes it's a journey this song's a bit of a journey it's a bit of a you mm. know it is it's got that grandiose feel we were discussing earlier with with um ashes to ashes it's you know it's where faith no more excel in making you know mm. this uh, you know it's it's not a feel-good song by any means it's not got any kind of like major chords in it as such but it's it's, it's definitely a mood song like uh bill also said yeah love it
0: mm. and the the build we've got a real build up before that last, I'm not afraid, and what the guitars do, the and then they go into that real wailing thing at the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For me, that's a highlight, and possibly, yeah. John's, even though oh, look, we've got the Ebo, the Ebo solo in Strip Search is pretty wicked, mm-hmm. but also the uh, the. The, the salt it's not the solo as such, but just those no, wailing guitars yeah. at the yeah. end of the song yeah. are a highlight yeah. of yeah. John's yeah. performance on the album. Really simple, but really effective. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I mean, we both obviously feel favorably toward the song, but you know, that's everything I had to say about it. I love it. Yep. Me also.
1: Alright. Okay. Homesick now we home. get on to the, um, in my humble opinion, as a Faith No More fan for 30 years, this is the worst Faith No More song ever recorded. Huh. I. I just i i every, from probably the first time i heard it i skipped this song every time i listen to the album uh and and to be quite honest, listening to the song for to write notes for this podcast may be the first time i've listened to it since nineteen ninety seven jesus really yeah i i listened to it back then when you know when you first get an album you, it's on your rotation constantly. And after so many listens of that, this song got skipped and I've not gone back to it in all that time. Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, I think it might have been the song I've listened to the most in the last month or so by Faith the More. And you like it to... now? No, it's still fucking terrible. Mm. I'm not, I'm not going to say it now. Sorry, take that back. It's not fucking terrible. I can't ever say a Faith the More song's terrible. Because it's, it's Faith No More. In Thelma. comparison. In, but contrast. in comparison to the rest of Faith No More's catalogue, it's, it's the worst song. It's it's number. <laughs> it's, say if Faith No More wrote 350 songs, this is number
0: 350. Hmm. The, what's the live performance? It's a day performance. It's 97. Bizarre Festival. Bizarre. Bizarre. No. Yeah. No. no. That one's nighttime, yeah. isn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, they play. They play it at Bizarre. No, 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 no. It was they was, was Phoenix Phoenix Festival. Oh, okay, Phoenix they, yeah,
0: Phoenix you. Festival. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. there's there's a video footage of them doing this at Phoenix Festival. Yes,
1: you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And that is what won me over on this song because I mm. it was hit and, hit or miss for me. Probably wasn't that into it, but then watching that Phoenix Festival show made me get it. Mm-hmm. And I think what what I liked about it, one, Bill's got a much heavier bass distortion going on his on his guitar, just mm-hmm. and just that groove, the do not do 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 because the guitars the guitars sort of I think what throws people on the song because the da 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 do not da do da 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 how the fuck that goes. But the guitar's mm. not that great a riff. But then if you sort of tune into what the bass is doing underneath it with a bow do do and then the drive me home keep driving me keep on driving me keep on driving me keep driving me keep doing, and then... And like the the syncopation and the drums and the weirdness and the timing it is all a bit off and it's a bit odd and then it gets heavy and it's driving me driving me home, don't and live they over pushed the tempo thing as well so it sped up and got heavier and heavier and the don't don't doing them says something about i'll drop a sample in here And it just made me, it made me, I got a sense either Patton was just right in the middle of the song realising, ooh, they're not into this. So he started pretending um, that it was just a great song and saying this music makes me want to fuck is a way of drawing the crowd back in for another minute and a half before they wrap the song up. Um, Or he genuinely likes the song, but it actually just, just chewed me into it and went, made me go, I, I like this. Oh, so I like the song. I like the bass groove, no, no. and it works better live than on the album, but, I mean, it's still got that um, not as strong as many more of Faith No More's catalogue. It's still probably in the bottom half for me. But, well, um, it's, I dig it.
1: It's got, I dig it. It's got six lines of lyrics, that's all. And how can you um, annoy – a fan like me so much with just six lines. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I can't get on board with it. I've tried. Yeah, and um, I didn't, like I said, th- there would be a point during this discussion where I would be overcritical. I would poo-poo things. And this is the poo-pooiest moment of our, not just Album of the Year, but of the DeMauw's entire career for me. Um recording Aww. Korea. Home Poo Aww. Home. Poo off.
0: But one but one, you can be homesick, but it's also a play on Home Sweet Home. I know, I know, but that's clever. <clears throat> Come on, that's clever. You gotta give him nah. that. Yeah, and is... also, if you were to ask how many songs on the album feature um are titled with three words and have the same word at the front and back of the song title, you've actually got three, I'd explain that terribly, but you've got three songs that fit that meaning. You've got Mouth to Mouth, Ashes to Ashes, and Homesick Home. Okay. Mm. Nice little uh, facts there. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yep. Can we move on, please? Sure. Yeah. Pristina. Yeah, I like this one. I, you've just mentioned earlier that you didn't.
0: I like this one. I'm saying I didn't.
1: You didn't I did or you now. don't? I, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. but
0: you do now. I didn't like it. But yeah. you do now. Yeah. Again, I had to see it live to get it. Hmm. I think it okay. was their second Horton show in 1997. Because I remember my girlfriend was at the first show. And we went to the very front and when they came out and went straight into... On the first night, they went straight into collision and the whole crowd just slammed forward. And my girlfriend was up against the railing and was pushed so hard into the railing and then everyone fell back. But she was able to hold onto the railing, but I was behind her and I fell back and was on the ground. you know when the whole crowd falls over and it gets really scary for a second? Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I... I was able to eventually, I remember looking up at her and she's freaking out. And anyway, she'd bruised her ribs. She, they, she got pushed so hard. So we happened to be out. She went outside for most of the concert, but I went out to console her during Pristina because I was like, eh, I can give this one a miss. Um, but on the second night I was able to, I was back there without her and, um, was able to appreciate the song.
1: I like it. Me. I think it's, uh, uh, cool real atmospheric um cinematic mm. feel to it and um, like the lyrics love mike patton's performance on this one um uh, nice floating keyboards you know just a, a great sound you know the the production suits this one well yep yep i've got no no bad it's, words well, you've about got this to
0: one. hang in there you've got to hang in there for the whole song because it's fairly monotonous Mm -hmm. Um, but when the drums do sort of kick in and they're fairly simple, like it's got a nice groove as it starts to move yeah, and then it does the who and starts to fall again. And you're like, what is this song doing? And it, you just don't, but then when it goes into the, I'll be with you and the guitars do that nice little melody octave run thing. That's yeah. You go, Oh, I can see what they're doing there. It's a nice closer.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One Mm. of the, um, uh, one of the great closers of, of of albums, to be to be honest with you, as I as I yeah. think back, I mean I think the greatest is um, Midlife Cowboy, but yeah, I think this is a yeah I've not, I've not thought about it its particular spot on the album before, but yeah yeah no I think it is a a good closer yeah definitely yeah
0: agreed. Well, yeah. geez, I don't think you can really beat Just a Man.
1: Oh, of co- oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one as well. As a yeah, closer. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. yeah I never cared yeah. for
0: Midnight Cowboy personally. I appreciate what the band were doing with it. I would have been happy to finish that album on Jizzlobber. Oh, no, I Bills. love Midnight
1: Cowboy. I think it's just, oh, I love it. I think it's just, um, I love the fact that they could go from Jizzlobber to that song, That that's, you know, the mm. contrast. When you listen to, I, I generally will listen to an album track by track in order. Um there are you know I've got playlists with certain particular songs that I listen to on, but if I decide I'm gonna sit down and listen to an album, I'll generally listen to it in the order that it's presented to me. Um, yeah, with with the occasional skip as in home fucking sick home. That'll definitely get a skip. Um but yeah, it's nice to nice to to, to feel the contrast in songs. And you know, obviously bands don't just stick songs on an album willy-nilly. They, you know, they're they've got a particular order to them. That's something that's definitely been thought about, and you know, putting pristine at the end of album of the year was a a, a pretty apt and sweet ending for Faith No More's recording career of the 90s.
0: Yes, and someone again. Um, we do get comments on the Facebook and the emails and I do lose track of who said what, but we did have a listener write in or, or comment on Facebook about, uh, from the dead saying that it's a decent closer and that Pristina was actually an okay, almost a way to accept faith no more going out. That if we never heard from them again, Pristina was a good, a good closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Good that that's not the case. Good that we have Sol Invictus. But um yeah, yeah, always. always well, it's kind a of nice like like we dis- we've
1: discussed. This album is the death of faith no more. Sol Invictus is the resurrection of faith no more. So you can, you know, this this mm. album is an end. It's definitely an end. You know, it's yeah. definitely yeah. a a, um, a line. You know, under faith no more, and then the return of faith no more is is a resurrection. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, it's you know more mature members of the band presenting us with newer music you know this you know it's it's a it's a resume yeah
0: no i get it but um the the other thing that i wanted to say in closing on album of the year as a whole is that even though well, well one even though we've critiqued it pretty heavily and certainly more critically than any other album or any other bit of Faith No More music that we have before. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love the album. I'm still very fond of it. As far as Faith No More's calibre of songwriting and delivery, it is weak up against pretty much, for me, it's possibly the weakest album, um, depending on how you feel. I think it's Faith No More's also got that element of the Chuck era and the Patton era, and there's always going to be those Patton fans that probably still... Um, embrace pattern stuff more so than Chuck's but I think from a faith no more music songwriting and complete works this one sort of sits to me as the weakest amongst all but even though it's still a great album but I still really appreciate you were saying that Bill's really proud of this album and I can totally appreciate why he would be it still sounds like it still sounds like the faith no more of 97. It still sounds like the project that they wanted to do at the time. Yeah. And there's yeah. still some really golden moments on it. I think that you still end up with the fact that we ended up with songs like she loves me not. And then, um, for you, you've got homesick home and then got that feeling naked in front of the computer. Some of them just fall a little bit short of what faith no more, are, I guess, capable of. Mm hmm. And, my thought too is that when, especially as a musician, you get an album like Angel Dust or or for me it's more so king for a day and you just hear, you know, how did they do that? And you just aspire to one day be that skillful and masterful that you could create something as extraordinary as that kind of work. You know, yeah. and everyone's got their – everyone's got – um their bands and their albums that they would have perhaps strive for. Um, to me album of the year almost feels like an attainable piece. Like I was listening over, um, this evening before we spoke and I was listening to got that feeling and I just thought it doesn't have that magic unattainable component to faith no more that makes them sort of feel almost untouchable. Yeah. Um, yeah that was the other thought that i had does that hold any merit is that worth sort of i understand where you're coming mentioning? from yeah. yeah 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 i think um it just felt a little bit more raw and it just felt a little bit simpler but it, it's still i'm, I'm glad it exists i'd ra- i'd rather yeah. have it than not have it
1: well before we close within talking about the music i think it's worth mentioning the two b-sides light up and let go and big kahuna um, in my
0: opinion, yeah, certainly. I want to make sure we talk about the um, artwork too.
1: Yeah, both, both of those songs should be on the album. They're better than a lot of the other songs on the album. I can't understand why they were B-sides. They should have been on the album, both of them. I think they're both pretty damn good songs. Um, and I do find that, you know, uh, um, weird how, how both those songs are left off, particularly Big Kahuna. I think Big Kahuna is a really great song.
0: Um, yeah do you think it's that if they were on the album the album may have just sounded a bit more samey because they sit in with naked and um got that feeling in my mind
1: no i think i think they're fitting really well i think they've got a great sound to them um i would have Mm. taken off homesick home and she loves me not taken both them off and stuck them two in and this album probably would have had a more profound effect on me to be honest um but look in the end of the day you know I'd take Dash Schutzenfest over after songs of this album to be quite frank. <laughs> I love Dash Schutzenfest, nah. it's a great song. Yeah, great song. Great song. Um, but yeah, before we yeah, talk but about it's good the as cover side I mean Oh shut up, it's a great song, man. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh Ingra <laughs> dun, dun,
0: dun fucking brilliant. I like the I like the dog sample in Dust Shoots and Festival. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's great.
1: So um before we talk about the artwork which we definitely should discuss for this album because there's some great stories behind that. Um, in doing this podcast, uh, I've reached a few conclusions. So um number 1, I actually do like this album more than I thought I did. Good. I still think it's the yep. weakest in the catalog. But um, I do do actually – I have found a new um, – I've got a newfound respect for some of the music on this album, and particularly Mike Patton. I always wrote off Mike Patton as not really being into this album, not really giving the best effort. But um, there are some really golden moments from from Patton, I think, on this album. Um, I still Mm -hmm. stick by my four original um, reasons – why this album falls short but i think there's a lot of grey areas i think the production is flawed but it does suit some songs particularly like songs like strip search yeah um you know it, it, the new introduction of computer technology works really well with some of these songs um and the final thing yeah. that i discovered from doing this podcast is that i should really work on my pronunciation of foreign words i'm terrible absolutely terrible um um, also, I should really begin a career as a professional whistler because I'm really good at that. Your yeah. silence speaks volumes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, my whistling is damn good. Damn good. Damn. Yeah, damn what else would I say? Yep. That's it. That's all I've got to say. Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm. Done. Zip. Me of no more. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say all that. I almost feel like I talked myself into liking the album less than I did in the lead up to this. I really thought I was going to be a stronger voice to say more positive things, but I actually think I stumbled upon more flaws. I I was being far too critical and just examining it, you know, far too critically when it's really, I've always just liked, I've always just liked this album and Probably didn't need to deep dive into it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was just for me, it's just nicer on the surface than when you really dive in.
1: Well, do you know um, what?
0: Diving into it
1: for this episode yeah. has has really actually been beneficial for me for this album. You know, it's it's made me appreciate it a lot more than I ever did in Good. the past, and it made me listen to mm. Hope Six Home again, which you know would never have happened unless I was doing podcast, podcast Croissant in the year 2019. I can safely say that. Good. Yeah.
0: I'm glad to hear. Yeah. But, you know, the and I think the I'm, – I'm, I guess I'm just experiencing the another component to it, that it was certainly small victories in appreciating Faith No More musically – that one, you know, motivated me to want to reach out to Adrian and then you for this, to do this podcast. Um, It's had me appreciate Chuck a lot more and the musicality of what Faith No More do. Um, So in that, there's elements to Faith No More that I appreciate so much more than I, that I understand why I appreciate it so much. Whereas Mm -hmm. there are elements to uh, specifically this album that made me get... Oh it's actually not as strong up against why I love Faith No More so much. And I think as I've gotten older mm-hmm. too, I'm not the pattern fanboy I used to be. That's sort of I appreciate the band more now and the music more and the songwriting more. Um and just the the infatuation over Patton. Sort of I've grown up a bit on that yeah. front. And, I I'm
1: with you there as well. Yeah, I understand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's a pattern that made me, I think, love this album, and mm-hmm. then looking at it a bit more critically, I think that's why it surprised me on some of its flaws. But it's not going to make me, um, I don't know, listen to the album any less. I mean, it's certainly not something I have on high rotation anyway. But I'm still very fond of it. But yeah, no, this has been a this has been a good one. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, it's it's been enlightening for for us. It's been a it's been an interesting exploration. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so um, before we wrap up, let's talk about the album cover. All down to Mr. Um, Bill Gould. Um, He'd become intrigued with European history on his travels. Um, And the front photograph is of the first president of the independent Czechoslovakia, who was called Tomas Garige Masaryk. Um, I've got a little quote from Bill. Um, actually the man was an old president of Czechoslovakia who died in the 30s but his significance is more symbolic than political he was a very aristocratic president at the time when Czechoslovakia was one of the richest countries in the world his funeral funeral was huge there are shots on the album artwork and his death took place on the eve of world war ii if there is any symbolic importance in it is the depiction of the death of a golden age so there you go bill that's in 2002 so bill is speaking in hindsight about the death of uh, mm. a golden age the death of faith no more so that this is one album particularly where the cover ties in perfectly with the themes on the album and the music um, yeah I, I won't go particularly a lot into the history of this guy i have looked it up of it quite a bit um but i just think you know, we're we're talking about the this this uh, album from our own personal, but we're talking about it subjectively. So, yeah, the out the the cover fits in perfectly. It's a, it's a great addition to the Faith No More catalog covers. Um, I love the, mm. um, the the color scheme as well. The the deep maroon and the gold really kind of like suggests. Um, uh, how can I put it? It suggests you know a kind of luxurious. Um, um yet antique kind of uh, look to it, if you get my my meaning.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yep. 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 You know it's funny too, it's something um I meant to ask you once. When I was tallying everyone's top ten, um, I had a list of um I had a list of every single song and when I was doing the song titles, I actually colour coded them to Help me quickly find them as I was telling them, mm-hmm. and I've always felt like the real thing's green, Angel Dust is blue, uh, King for Day is red. Uh, you can go back and introduce yourself is yellow, yeah. Um, for me, We Care a lot is that sort of movie purple, yeah, yep. color because yep. of the square, yeah. And then so, then we've got this maroon, crimson y sort of color for um, album of the year, yep, yep. And then, I for me, Soul Invictus is gold or the golden gray. Um yeah but yep. it's funny how they've always had that tie in so you just mentioned the No the it's
1: color it's it's, it's, it's great that you say that because coming from an artistic and graphic designer point of view a lot of the artwork I've done for Faith and morphos in the past has gone by those exact color schemes definitely yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's cool yeah I'm glad you um I'm glad you read that because it's funny I I remember when they when this album came out and I read up uh, read up on the our Martin and just felt like i didn't understand their sentiment and -hmm. i remember reading about it in small victories and i still just didn't grasp it and it was only just then as you're reading another bill quote i'm like oh okay okay i I appreciate what you know what this uh symbolizes yeah yeah so cool yeah okay so we've we've done
1: we've done it another album down yay
0: yay Oh, man, Ex- we're running out of
1: excellente. vowels to talk about. So, guess what? I'm going to San Francisco! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh,
0: have you ever seen the TV show Lane on Woodley? No. It's Australian. Well, they're comedians. They also did comedy show, but um, Frank used to rub his hands in a really comedic way. Oh, two people will know what I'm talking about. Uh, So um, I assume you've got no new music.
1: It's only been two weeks since we did the Um, last episode. Anything to talk about?
0: No, no new music. Do you know, I um, personally recently um, joined a friend's band and I've been playing guitar in that and we recorded an EP. I'll possibly share what we're doing one day down the track, but um, we spent a whole weekend, um, two weekends ago, doing uh, four songs and I've just been immersed in my own stuff and I've got my own band that I've been working away and I do home recording and stuff so I think I've just not been you know I've still been listening to plenty of music but nothing stood out and I think sometimes when you're going through those stages of songwriting you get a bit self-indulgent and Unless it directly relates to you or you hear something that's inspiring from a production point of view or a songwriting point of view. Mm-hmm. Just you don't care about anything but what you're doing and so I'm just a little bit um self obsessed at the moment. So maybe one day I'll share it, but for the okay. moment, yeah. I just don't I haven't been I haven't been looking at new music. Or well, it's nothing special. Me stuck neither, to it. be honest. Certainly. No. Certainly yeah. the case, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleater Kinney's just released an album that's been um, produced by St Vincent, Annie Clark. Okay. Um, and the production on that sounds really cool from the two songs that I've heard of it. I'm not a huge Sleater Kinney fan. Um, never heard never heard of it. But we have talked about Sleater Kinney in the past because I think... Um, not with me. Maybe uh, with, with um, in Adrian's
1: uh, term... Don't no, I feel like
0: a couple of episodes ago we mentioned Slita Kinney because um, of the, the woman who's in that, who had some involvement with Pixies. Mm. Um, uh, that might be just one of the periods just outside my... Yeah, no, but you were talking about it. it was, yeah. Not anyway, me. Um, new Slita Kinney sounds cool from a production point of view, but the music itself isn't really my jam. But yeah, uh, did you have any okay. new music you were going to share? I still haven't checked no, out. Was it Mother no, no new music.
1: For me, I'm a vulture. Yeah, I still need to
0: listen to Mother Vulture.
1: Well, you should do, cause they're mm. fucking good.
0: Oh, I will. And down the road, I think we may as well mention: down the road, we will do a Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny episode. Yes, a full one. February. Yeah, we will. We will get familiar and acquainted with the uh, the demo itself. Um, try and get as many facts on it as we can. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do an episode around it and break the songs down and discuss it. And I think, I think a you- lot of people, and I mean. Probably closer to the time of the gigs,
1: uh, and the anticipation you yeah. know, help with that.
0: I think. Uh, well, it's the, 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 the internet. We didn't need to latch on to the whole clickbaity side of it. Now that are doing an episode on it, the now.
1: whole interwebs flooded with Mr. Bungle news and interviews at the moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Let's, let's space that out.
0: Even personally, I don't know the raging wrath of the Easter Bunny that well, so. I'm going to want to do a deep dive for my own sake and I think a lot of people who are big bungle fans quite likely don't know it that well themselves, I'm gonna guess. So it's something that I think people might enjoy. Okay. Having a breakdown. Okay. You not you don't agree? Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yes. Yeah, I'm up for it. Yeah. Do you know it well? Do you know it well? Not well already? Not well. Not well. Yeah. Good enough. I've listened to it, but I just don't know it well. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um. Yeah. Faith, no more news.
1: Faith, no more news.
0: I've got to think of a better. Um. We we should start doing jingles. We should have jingles. I was yeah? about to say the exact same. Metal up your podcast. Yep. Have jingles in their thing, and it's really cool.
1: Well, bungle yep. up your faith, no more cast podcast. croissant should have them as well. Right. Okay. First little bit of news. Trevor Dunn has reinstated the Copia Verborum the the question and answer section on his newly updated website. Um, there's been some really cool answers to some really cool questions. I mentioned earlier about Tomahawk. Um, Trevor also tells us he's doing some duo music with Buzz Osborne, which will, he will tour in 2020. Um, but a really cool bit was um, um, a dude called Julian... Brought up a little-known recording by um, our, cat, uh, our um, musician, Kevin Diamond, who collaborated with Mark Schaefer in 1988. The cassette is called Play Something Else, um, and it features Patton, um, Spruins, Don, Danny, Heifetz, and uh, loads of other people, but you know, those guys from Mr. Bongo, um And Patton cop- uh, features on a song called Alien Mother, which you can find on YouTube. I'd never heard this song before, so it was really cool hearing this little, um, uh, this little ditty featuring pattern. Um You can read about more Isn't about amazing it.
0: Amazing that it was a year before the real thing, as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's cool is it, it that? Does not sound anything near as good as the real thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting yeah, listen for sure. Yeah, it's
1: a cool little song you can listen to. Um, but yeah, thanks to Trevor for bringing that back, back. There's there's been some really cool questions. Um, and some really cool answers. Um, second thing I want to discuss is you can <laughs> listen to, um, uh, actually, probably when this art, this this episode goes out, the um, Jean-Claude Vanier um, Stroke Mike Patton collaboration, Corpse Flower, might be already released. Uh, but if it's not, you can listen to a sample of the song Browning, which is an original song by Jean-Claude Vanier recorded in 1975. You've listen to a, a section of that on faithinthemorphos.com and it's actually proper cool. I like it. It's good.
0: What's the story behind the lyrics on that? Are these old lyrics? Are these lyrics that were written some time ago and Patton's just singing his? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. It's from his 1975 song. Haven't, haven't really looked into it much right. further
0: than that. Um, um, yeah, uh, I love it. Some yeah. of the lyrics are a bit weird, but...
1: Yeah. yeah it's cool. cool it's cool okay um final bit of news roddy bottom performed with courtney love his friend of 35 years at the yola deer festival which is described as a celebration um oh, well, i'll tell you what it was described as if me internet I've just died uh yes a celebration of arts culture and music by the women of today um I know people don't like Courtney Love, but I still think it's awesome after all this time that her and Roddy work together. Um, the set included songs by Hole, uh, Fleetwood Mac's Gold Dust Woman, and a cover of Echo and the Bunny Man's The Killing Moon. Um, Roddy said of this gig, Strong women are in my lifeline. I'm privileged to be able to support the genius and power and ferocity of one of my closest friends. As a testament to her and to me and our friendship that has spanned over 35 years, her voice and vision and message has never been more potent and essential than it is right now. So, big up, Roddy, um, for doing this gig, mm. and, mm. you know, if you don't like Courtney, fair enough, don't comment.
0: I'm yeah. indifferent. And really if you don't already follow Roddy Bottom on Instagram, he posts stuff all the time. It's actually I I like yeah. following him. He posts things on his stories and yeah, he's yeah, he's, lots of yeah, He some posted something stuff. of him performing with Courtney just the other day.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. All um, right, and um, it looks like he's just recorded with crickets too.
1: Yes, yes, that will be out soon. I think we mentioned that last episode. I'll I'll uh, I'll update Faith No More news as soon as there is. Some.
0: Oh, sorry, I probably stopped listening. <laughs> probably yeah, nice. okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, um, next episode. Next, up, next episode. we've decided yet, have we? Um uh, you want uh, on to a yeah. midlife
0: crisis. Midlife crisis. Yeah, Should we talk about OCD, midlife crisis but...
1: just the song? Yeah. Should we do that? Yeah, yeah, we'll
0: do the song. I wanted to do I wanted to do Angel Dust track by track, but we can start with the first single from Angel Dust and that'll okay. that'll justify the OCD. That sounds um, it's going to be a lot of
1: fun. Right. You've been listening to Podcast Croissant. This is Mike and this is Jim. Uh, we've been in every flower bed in every marriage bed and we've definitely been with you but don't forget we're watching you
2: we'll Derek and we stole it from Derek. You know Derek. Derek Bowie. It's Derek, my man. Boom, da-da.